call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Um, well, we're starting a few minutes early for whatever reason. We don't know, but uh, we're starting a few minutes early, so um, we do have a we have a great show planned for today. A little bit, uh, probably in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Patrick Costello. Patrick Costello is a showrunner. I had to look up exactly what that meant. A showrunner for a TV show on the History Channel. Uh, it is called Truck Night in America, and they they have a they have a uh, one of the uh, episodes coming up actually features NASCAR champions Kyle and Kurt Busch. So they're going to bring their driving skill and some of their trucks to the show for a charity run, where there's uh, ten thousand dollars on the line. We'll be talking to Patrick in a bit, and a little bit later, closer to the nine o'clock hour, there's um, there's something going down. It's going on in uh, the east coast of Florida this weekend. Some sort of race, the Daytona 500, and uh, and uh, New England Motor Press member Zane Merver and his brother Josh are down there, and we're going to talk to we're going to talk to them yeah, somewhere around the nine o'clock hour and find out find out what the whole feel is with um, what's going on what's going on down there what kind of uh, kind of the vibe of the area. We did this a few years ago with. Uh, friend of mine, Steve Fitzgerald, who uh, used to work for a UTI, and um, he uh, he was down there because he lives in that general area, and we were down there and just sort of, you know, what he thought of the whole event, what was going on down there. So, uh, and uh, there used to be, we used to talk to people from Ford pretty regularly, but they, they don't do as much uh, Ford Motorsports marketing as they used to. But So there's uh, all those things going on, so we have all that coming up. And um, this week we had a little bit of snow, so we had to go out and remind people what it was like to drive in the snow again. They forgot. And um, they also forgot, at least according to the state police, they forgot to clean their cars off still. And uh, I think it was was the, I don't know if it was Mass State Police or Connecticut State Police that had a great picture of somebody who had their car half cleaned off and it said snowbrush at Walmart 488 ticket $120 so it was uh so you know clean if if we do get more snow and I'm sure we probably will between now and when the weather warms up um clean all the snow off your car the hood the roof the trunk the headlights the taillights license plate all of those places Clean it all up so you don't have any problems. Also, watch your speed. Do everything slower in the wintertime. Slow down. Uh, easy on the brakes. Easy on the gas. Just be careful. That's the way you do it. And uh, you will be you will be good and safe. That's how it's done. Just that easy. So, um, again, and watch out for other people. Scan the roadway. Look way far down ahead to see what's going on. And make sure everything's okay, and that way you have plenty of time to react to things as they come up. So you can do all of that at the same time. So it's not it's not that difficult. It's just 
driving in the wintertime, you don't have to be afraid of it. Just respect the snow, respect the lack of traction, and you should be okay. Dennis, you look very puzzled. Everything okay over there? I'm just trying to get things in a working order here. All right. All right. You just look you look very concerned. And it, you know, when when you look concerned, I get concerned. Don't worry about it. Is there it's something wrong? Good. All right. Okay. Everything's good. All right. All right. Okay. Just making sure. Um So we'll we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about that. We we also have we're kind of combining a couple of uh Up. Oh, hey, there's music now. What's that? What was that? That was something that fired off by itself because it's. <sighs> yep. Okay. Yeah. You okay? <laughs> we all back to normal? We'll get there. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Whatever you say. As long as you're okay. Like I said, we're going to have. Uh, we have. Uh, we're going to combine two car reviews coming up. Uh, and it, it's sort of. Um, Spread out kind of weird. It's a, the Ford EcoSport, which is a little tiny SUV, and the Ford F-150, which is a great big pickup truck. We'll talk about both of those coming up. We'll also talk about uh, some of the, some recalls that were in the news, some updates that were in the news, and some other information about uh, the automotive industry. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, also, I had the uh, pleasure again of joining Joe Ligardi, uh, who's on this program from four to seven of this program, this station from four to seven every, uh, every day. But, uh, as a regular feature now, I'm joining him on Wednesdays, So that's all good. So we'll, we have, we have that to talk about. So, uh, Joe Ligotti, the guy from Boston, we'll be talking, we'll be talking with him and, uh, on a regular basis on Wednesday, talk about cars. Uh, they call this segment burning rubber and, uh, his producer did a great job of putting the little segment together, so that's all good. Well, there's a uh, there's a, a show that's been on uh, on the History Channel for a while now called Truck Night in America, and with us on the phone is Patrick Costello. Patrick Costello is the showrunner, and I'll be honest, uh, I had to look up showrunner to find out what it really means. And and Patrick, you're the guy in charge. I understand. Uh, that is true. I uh, I am the guy in charge. Um, I oversee uh, uh, all aspects of the show, um, creative uh, uh, and logistics, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I, b- I bet it is. And um, you know, I, when when I when I watched the show for the very first time, it sort of sounded like, well, to be honest with you, it was sort of like, here, hold my beer while I explain this. Yeah, that is that is that is exactly what it's like. It uh, it does have that uh, it does have that type of energy to it, you know. And that just means you're about to see something kind of uh, ridiculous and spectacular all at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Who was the when you were when you were putting this show together and your your creative team was put together? Who was the audience you had in mind for this? Uh, honest, honestly, um, the, I wanted a show that anybody could sit down and just have a lot of fun watching. Um, you know, we had the, we had the, the sort of uh, the truck community in mind. There's a lot of people, um, you know, in the country that, that have trucks uh, and SUVs and, and, you know, sort of enjoy um, taking them out. But it was really important to me that we could have a show that absolutely everybody could have a great time watching. Um, and it, 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 it appeals to kids and, you know, people in their 70s. And, uh, yeah, tell us, kind of give us a little synopsis of what the show's all about for people that haven't seen it. 
Okay, so Truck Night in America is a, a competition uh, reality television show. Each episode, uh, five people show up, and they bring their own trucks, and they compete against each other for a $10,000 prize. Um, first, uh, uh, they go head-to-head uh, in three different challenges. Each challenge eliminates uh, one driver and truck, and the final two that are remaining um, then uh, uh, compete against each other on our um, sort of larger-than-life final course. And then uh, whoever uh, makes it the farthest or completes the course the fastest uh, heads goes home with $10,000. And these are real people in real trucks, and they're not race trucks or, they're, or anything like that. These are people that show up. Their truck could be worth $1,500 or it could be worth $100,000. It really doesn't matter. They just they just have to love love their truck and, and just want to compete. Most of the people that show up have never done anything like this in their life. It's great. And the um, the challenges to get up to the uh, to the final course, uh, they're a bit bizarre. Uh, they are. I mean, these these are challenges that are that are designed to be unlike anything that most people have ever seen, even if they go to four wheel drive courses or like to, to go out and hit the trails on weekends. Um, there, you know, we build them specifically to, to be, um, larger than life and, and, and challenging in different ways that, uh, um, even the sort of four wheel drive enthusiast might not have experienced. We will basically want to give people something special when they come compete that they can't do anywhere else and to show the viewer something special that they can't see anywhere else. Well, I think I remember seeing an episode that was sort of a truck and a gigantic slingshot, uh, and a toilet. Yep. Yep. That was season one. Um, we had a giant, two giant slingshots and the idea was to, to test power and traction and the sort of, the sort of timing of each driver. And, uh, uh, they had to shoot, they had to shoot these toilets using this, this larger than life, uh, slingshot. I mean, the, uh, uh, the slingshot was made out of two poles on, on either side of the truck that were maybe 30 feet high, connected with uh, a lot of surgical tubing. And those, those toilets, did, they did fly. Yeah, I, yeah, and there, there, are there coaches? There are, there's coaches involved too, right? Yep, that is correct. Yep. We have four sort of host slash yep. coaches, and they're all people from the automotive world that both have a little bit of racing experience as well as um, – uh, a lot of time in the garage that are either fabricators or uh, mechanics themselves, because you know these are real trucks, and right. some of them are from the '60s, '70s, '80s, and they'll they'll break in the middle of the competition, and then um, each uh, 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 the competitors as they go through have time to go to the shop and either fix or upgrade um, their trucks, and it's real. I mean, those those guys will break out welders, and they're you know we have uh, full lifts and full tool kits, and they they get in there and they 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 get them working again and get them back out there. Yeah, I remember one of one of the uh, one of the the uh, coach slash hosts came over and said something like, uh, "I got no experience launching a toilet. Got to tell you." <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, sometimes they they don't quite know uh, uh, you know what advice to give them, but they 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 do the best that they can. And what's interesting about the shop is that you know the first episode of the season this season we had a challenge where they had to drive you know up a waterfall. Um, and the, the waterfalls start the first, there was two levels to it. The first one started at 60 degrees, the second level 70 degrees. And they, the driver made a mistake and, and she went over backwards in her Jeep and, and, and rolled the thing. And, uh, our, our host 
and her, they took that thing. She made it through that challenge. Mm-hmm. Remarkably, she didn't lose. And they took that thing back to the shop, and they got it running. And she was able to compete, and she continued to compete. And she was one of the finalists, and she drove that thing um, you know, on her final course. And uh, that truck had been sitting upside down after rolling. So, I mean, it was an incredible – it was our best. Uh, shop time of of the season. It was an incredible effort. Yeah, I I did a little uh, I did a little YouTube search of sort of behind the scenes of the shop, and the the shop the shop is uh, uh, someplace that just about anybody would be uh, I think anybody would be jealous to own with the with the lifts and the plasma cutter and the welders and grinders and and press and you know all kinds of all kinds of uh, tools available for use to fix all the stuff and try to bring it all back to one piece again. Certainly, it's good, but the the episode that's uh, pretty unique coming up, uh, you have uh, NASCAR champions Kyle and Kurt Busch, and they're they're actually going to compete, right? Yeah, that is true. Kyle and Kurt Busch um, each show up with uh, uh, their own truck, and they compete on the show. It is fantastically entertaining, I have to tell you. And what was it? What was it like dealing with uh, with uh, NASCAR champions like that? Yeah, know, that's an interesting question. Um, the guys were incredibly down to earth. Um, they, uh, they, they, they showed up and, you know, their own rental car from the, the airport at just the two of them. Um, and they were great guys and incredibly down to earth. The most interesting part of working with them for me was uh, they were incredibly competitive with each other. I mean, I know they're NASCAR champions, so they're, they're competitive anyway, but their, the main thing that they wanted to do was beat their brother. And it was very, very real. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch because not only we hadn't had siblings on the show before, and that turned out to be the sort of most entertaining part about it. They were, they were real serious about beating each other. And, uh, and the money goes to charity, right? Yep. They are, they are each competing for charity. That's correct. They, they both uh, have a charity that they, that they choose to compete for in the show. And, you know, tell us a little bit about the obstacle course. The the course that you guys have uh, uh, set up that that is that is a pretty intimidating looking course. Uh, just uh, uh, you know, it's just it's uh, to somebody who was kind of a novice. I would I would think it would really that would get their adrenaline moving. Yeah, it can be. Um, you know, for the novice, it can be a bit intimidating. But we make sure that uh, um, everybody has a chance to to go over the whole course before they compete on it. So they're not seeing anything for the first time and they, they can ask as many questions as they like. And we you know, you know, we want to make sure everybody, you know, feels comfortable and is going to be safe while competing in the course. So the more knowledge they have, the you know, the better they compete, the better the show is, frankly. But the course itself, um, uh, it's named the Green Hell. Um, and the course is a three point five mile uh, multidisciplinary uh, truck course. Uh, it has, it has about 10 to 11, uh, uh, very large obstacles on it. It's got about a hundred turns, uh, about 150 feet of total elevation gain. And, uh, the obstacles on it are a mix between, uh, sort of natural obstacles and, and, and larger than life man-made obstacles. We've got a giant tilting drawbridge. Um, we have a, a, a what we call the roller coaster, which is a series of turns and hills and wobble boards, all made out of wood. They have to do a pond cross and a swamp cross and a woods run that's twisty and turny. Um, there's some jumps. It's uh, uh, it, it can look intimidating, but um, 
the people uh, are pretty familiar with it by the time they run it. And they all say the same thing when they complete it, win or lose. If they make it or don't make it, they all have an absolutely fantastic time. There's been people that just absolutely destroy the trucks that say they've never had a better time. And uh, and I I was just I was just reading one of the lines in the release, and I was all good up until the snake infested swamp part. Yeah, it is true. I mean, it is Georgia, and it is a swamp. And I can tell you this: uh, when we were there on the initial scout, we saw a, a, a bunch of different snakes down in the swamp. Uh, you know, they got cotton mouse and um, rattlesnakes, and it's. Uh, it's uh, it's a pretty it's uh, can, that part about it can be a little bit intimidating for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's it's it, like you said, it's a really fun show, and the uh, the hosts that are on it, um, you know, Pistol Pete, certainly a character. Yeah, yeah, without without question, the hosts on the the show are fantastic, and they all they're legit. I mean, they. Um, they can wrench, they can drive, and they they're they're and they're pretty good at communicating um, the do's and don'ts of the uh, uh, of the course to the competitors. The union, some of whom have zero experience doing this kind of thing, um, so they can show up and be a bit intimidated. But uh, uh, they all they all have a lot of fun. But the competition is is intense, and the the Bush brothers, um, you can see. Uh, uh, why those guys are NASCAR drivers. They, they're highly competitive um, to the point where, I mean, you hear stories about um, professional racers doing absolutely everything they can to win. It's not just about getting in the car, you know, uh, you know on a Sunday and racing. Yeah. It's like asking every single question and staying up late to figure out every sort of problem to give them that edge. That's what those guys were like. I mean, they wanted to win, and they – they asked, they t- tried to figure out every little rule and, the, and they tried to figure out every little part of the challenge so that they would have an edge, you know, over their brother. And it was, you can totally see why they're, they're the competitors they are. Yeah, I, I, I've had uh, NASCAR folks on the show before and sort of they really believe in the uh, mantra of uh, if it's not in the rules, it must be legal. So, you know, it, that yeah. is 100% true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's I'm really great. excited to see Kerr. Excited to see Kurt run uh, in the Daytona. Yeah, qualified yeah. seventh. So yeah, fantastic. yeah. We're uh, we're actually checking in with a buddy of mine that's uh, that's down in Daytona for the weekend. So we're going to be finding a little bit more out about that. Uh, time frame for the show and the premiere is uh, coming up soon, right? Yeah the the uh, uh, the fourth episode of the season is coming up this Thursday. So the show is currently on. If uh, uh, if people do have History Channel, they can go to the History Channel uh, 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 website and catch up on episodes that have already aired. But it yep. is currently airing on History Channel. It's Thursdays at 10 p.m. Um, and uh, I, I believe that they will sometimes air uh, repeat uh, 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 shows. But uh, I encourage people to check it out. And th- if you love trucks or the automotive world at all or automotive competition, it's 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 definitely something you're going to love, but it is it is really for everybody. My kids love it, and they're ten and twelve, and they just they can't get enough of it. And they tell me when they don't like the stuff that I make. And my parents love it, and they're in their mid seventies. They you know they just think it looks beautiful, and they and they they don't know anything about automotive competition really. So it's really it's really got, it's, and it's a family show. You can watch, you can sit down with your whole family and just have a great time watching it. Yeah, no, watching watching some of the uh, past episodes and trying to catch up with it a little bit, seeing everything from you're you're absolutely right, seeing everything from a Jeep that maybe somebody has, you know, 
2500 bucks invested in that doesn't have fenders on it to some really um, really sophisticated stuff or really trick suspension and in some of the competitions they all compete about the same they're all they're all sort of equals in the way they work so it uh, it, it really it really is it really is a good show and uh, and really I encourage people to watch it um, Thursday night uh, it's 10 o'clock the history channel truck night in America yeah, in this episode we have a, it is an extra special episode with uh, NASCAR champions Kurt and Kyle Busch. So if there's ever a time to tune in um, to give it to give it a watch for the first time, that is most certainly this coming Thursday. Yep, no, it, it really it really is. Hey Patrick, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning and joining us up here in Boston. Anytime, thank you very much. All I right. really appreciate you having All right. me on. All right, thanks. Bye bye now. Have thank a great weekend. Much. That was Patrick Costello. He's the showrunner. He's the guy in charge of Truck Night in America. Why don't we take a break? Uh, Because. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Zane Merver down in Daytona. Speaking of uh, NASCAR champions, well, Zane's, Zane's not a NASCAR champion, but, you know, he knows his way around NASCAR. That's for sure. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, 100.3 FM, or maybe you tapped the app this morning or told Alexa, WROLradio.com. Hey, Alexa, we'll be right back. WROL, the spirit of Boston. Uh, well, there's something going on down in Florida this weekend. I hear I hear stories about it uh, uh, that there's uh, some kind of some kind of little race going on in, down in Florida, down in uh, Daytona. And with us on the phone is uh, Zane Mervers. Zane, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Uh, there's some kind of little there's some little event going on down in Daytona this weekend, right? Yeah, just some some small little racing series called the Daytona 500. Yeah, it, it's funny. We just had uh, Patrick Costello. He's the uh, showrunner for Truck Night in America on the show. And uh, their episode coming up, they have uh, uh, Kurt and Kyle Busch competing in uh, – some three mile obstacle course for charity. So, uh, and the, uh, the, the Bush name, Bush name is pretty legendary in NASCAR. It is. Yes. Yeah. And if you say Kyle Bush or, uh, you know, Kurt Bush, anybody kind of knows who they are. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Um, so, so you're, let's, well, let's, let's reacquaint our audience with you again. Uh, you and your, you and your brother, Josh have a, uh, extraordinarily popular website. Yeah, we uh, we run and own and have run and owned for the last twenty years. GM-trucks.com. We are the largest enthusiast website for Chevy GMC uh, truck owners, uh, SUV owners, crossovers, anything. Uh, over a million people a month come and visit our website. So, uh, if there's anything you want to know about your Silverado, Sierra Canyon, Colorado, come on to GM-trucks.com. 
uh, and we can help you out. You've, you've run this website for, for 20 years. You guys are like 20 years old. How does that work? Uh, well, you know, we do some fancy stuff with our age and <laughs> use a little bit of cosmetic accessories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, the, yeah, the, the website's incredibly popular. Before I knew you, I knew people that were on your website checking out different things. And some of these, uh, you know, one of the one of the best things about enthusiast sites is you think maybe you've run into a problem before or never run into this problem before or you you want to do a modification Somebody's already done it out there, and they've figured out the best way to do it with the least amount of work sometimes. So that's that's what I love about exactly, those Exactly, John. Yeah. That, that's just the best part about enthusiast forums is no matter whether it is how to adjust your seat or tune your radio or add a supercharger, there is somebody out there who's done it already. And if there isn't, there's somebody out there who wants to know how you're going to do it. Uh, and so sharing that information and researching it and seeing what other people said uh, about what they're doing with their trucks is just so valuable, and people get so much information out of it. Yeah, it, it's funny. I got I got a, a question in one of the columns I do, and it was such a simple question. It was uh, a guy had a uh, I don't know, probably a year. It was probably a 2017 um, GMC pickup truck, and it had lights in the mirror, and he couldn't figure out what they did. And he took it to the dealer, and the dealer said, "Well, those are those are special backup lights, but your truck doesn't have the option for it. They just put the mirrors on, but you don't have it." And I'm like, "That doesn't make any sense." And sure enough, in his owner's manual, it and I found the owner's manual online. It wasn't very clear what it was. I went to your site, kind of looked around, and, and there was that question that came up a couple of times. And it's like, "No, no, that they are a sort of backup light. You turn the bed light on." And then magically, these lights that are in the mirrors light up, so you get more light to see backing up. And the guy's like, "You're the only one that had an answer." I'm like, "It really wasn't me. It was some guy out in <laughs> it was some guy out in Wyoming." You know. <laughs> That's the beautiful part is even me. I mean, I own a 2011 Sierra and a 2019 Silverado. I'll have questions about my own truck. I own the website. I'll Google search it. It'll bring me back to my own website. And there's somebody who's had that problem before. Or somebody who has had that question before. Yeah, it, uh, it's just such an incredibly useful resource. Yeah, it it really is, and and you guys got to be congratulated for for you know starting the site and running it successfully for twenty years, and and keeping it going and keeping it fresh, and uh, uh, you know just uh, just the you know the again the depth of knowledge that's in there. Um, down in down Thank in you. down in Daytona right now, the uh, the Daytona five hundred. What what's the sort of overall feel of the area right now i've been to daytona a couple times i've never been during during a race but um does is there is there just a certain uh, you know kind of gas and oil in the air sort of feeling down there oh definitely uh there's race posters race paraphernalia um bars are open pushing for race fans to visit you Anywhere you look, there's a reference to the races this weekend. Uh, there's people wearing uh, driver shirts walking around everywhere. I got in yesterday afternoon, and even just from the afternoon to the evening, it was incredible how many more people showed up. And, and the main race series hasn't even gotten started yet. Today's the Daytona 300. Tomorrow's the Daytona 500. So a lot of people are coming in today. It's just going to get even crazier. Yeah, it, yeah I've, been to, I've been to places where... 
racing has taken place, whether it's whether it's offshore boat racing or car racing, and just the idea you see the you see the banners up, you know, welcome, like you said, at the bars, welcome race teams, welcome race fans, <laughs> um, and it's just uh, and all of a sudden and, and just the idea of the transport trucks and you know and the idea that you might walk into a bar and there's you know Kurt Busch, for instance, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Everybody's got their eyes out uh, looking for people that are either they recognize or are famous. I had a chance to walk through pit lane last night during the Next Era Energy 250 Gander Truck Series race, which, by the way, was amazing. Um, basically, a demolition derby. And there's just people from racing uh, years gone by that you see walking through everywhere. It's incredible. Yeah. No. Daytona between. Between that and the uh, the twenty uh, four hour Rolex race, uh, you know, for people who think you know Daytona is sort of you know it's sort of bike week and that's it, it isn't. Day- there's a lot that goes on in Daytona, and yeah, they got hit they got hit with uh, the economy pretty pretty badly in two thousand six seven eight. But uh, there is a there's a lot going on in Daytona, and it, and it is uh, it is a, it is a pretty funny area down there. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people may not know that Daytona is the origin of NASCAR. The first NASCAR races took place here on the beach. So when you come to Daytona to watch a race, you're not just going to a racetrack. You're going to where NASCAR racing started. So there's this air of history here that you don't get from other going to other NASCAR tracks. So you feel like you're kind of at the epicenter of where this sport began. Yeah, it it really it really is a unique place, and uh, I recommend to everybody uh, take your rental car out and drive it on the beach. Oh yes, yeah. There's people. I'm, I'm looking out my window right now, and there's people on the beach already. <laughs> yeah, just out there having fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I I the last time I was down there, I think I I stayed right down the street in Daytona Daytona Beach Shores, and uh, it was uh, it, you know to to sit up sit up in my balcony and look out and see the cars go by. And, and I said, uh, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta join that group. And it's sort mm-hmm. of, it's sort of different than around here. Um, as much as you can drive on the beach, there, there are not, there are no drunks on the beach. There's no obnoxious <laughs> people on the beach. Um, it's a pretty controlled atmosphere. Yeah. It's very chill, very relaxing. Uh, exactly what you'd want to do if you came down to Daytona beach yep. to have a nice little vacation or watch the race. Yeah, no, no, it's really great. And, uh, do you have, uh, for the, uh, for the 500, do you have, do you have your guy? Uh, you know, I haven't followed the 500 series very specifically in the last couple of years. I was always an Earnhardt and Dale jr. Fan and he's not racing anymore. So when I go there, I just really feed off of the competition and the professionalism yep. that everybody shows. I like listening to the in-car communications and see how the drivers and the spotters communicate with each other and, uh, and just see the activity. I'm not really rooting for one guy. Just the whole experience is fun to take in. Yeah, it, re- it really is. I, I know I've had I, Eddie Wood on from Wood Brothers Racing uh, a couple of times on the show. And again, he's one of those guys. He's just, uh, he's just kind of a, he's, you know, for a guy who's been racing since time began or has, you know, has been sponsoring racing since time began, same thing. And, uh, you know, I've had uh, Joey Logano on the show before, and I'm not a huge racing fan, but to talk to these people and they are, you know, racing is what they're all about, but they're, they're really kind of regular guys. And when we had, uh, Patrick Costello on the program earlier today talking about uh, Kurt and Kyle Busch. They said one of the one of the most interesting things about 
them was how competitive they were with each other. Um, it wasn't about TV. It was all about, um, I, I want to beat my brother. Yeah. 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 They're not here to be famous. They're here to race a race car and do well at it at yeah. the same time. And that's, it's really refreshing to see a sport where people care about what they're doing more than just being uh, a sports star. Yeah, no, it, it really it really is sort of interesting. I still and I still like the idea that uh, NASCAR fans are some of the most dedicated fans out there. That uh, you know people buy people buy Tide because it's on it's on the hood of a car. People buy you know people buy um, you know some. You know, you know, Delta faucets because it's on the hood of a car, and uh, yeah. just the idea that their their fan base is that dedicated is pretty amazing. It is, it is, and it's uh, it's a testament to that how long the industry has has lasted and how far it's come. Yeah, it it really it really is. Um, so uh, you got you got the the weekend to uh, watch and immerse yourself in racing. I do. Yeah. Actually, the reason I'm out here is because last night in the Gander Truck Series was the debut of the new 2019 Silverado design for about half of the Chevy teams that were running last night. And then for the Daytona 300 and the Daytona 500, they're going to be using a 2019 Silverado as the pace truck. Oh, okay. And this will be the first time that a truck has paced the Daytona 500. Really? Uh, Chevy has made it very clear they've done no performance modifications. This is a Chevy Silverado you could go buy at your dealerships with the engine and the performance accessories that are in the vehicle already, and it's capable of pacing the 500. And this is the first time a truck's ever done that. And I, you know, I one one of the things I was someplace the other day, and and kind of kind of. Uh, I looked at I looked at the latest. I, it was GMC must have the trickiest tailgate of any vehicle right now. They do the uh, the GMC Multi Pro tailgate is a sight to behold. If you haven't seen it yet, go just search Multi Pro tailgate on Google. It's um it folds and all. It's like origami. It folds yeah. in these different ways to allow you to step in and out of the truck or put boards in the back with the tailgate closed. It's really hard to explain uh, on the radio, but I, I promise if you're looking for a, the, like the sweetest tailgate out there right now, the GMC Multi Pro tailgate is what you want to be looking at. Yeah, it is. It is. It is pretty amazing, and uh, and it is just uh, it's one of those it's one of those uh, features. It's like why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Yeah. Why Why didn't we do something so simple as put you know steps and have our tailgate uh, conform to what we wanted to do instead of it just be a slab? Of steel, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's 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 pretty amazing. And before I let you go, when I talked, I talked to you last Saturday about this, um, uh, and because I got another email about it this week, um, ceramic coating on paint. You've been you've been playing yeah. around. You've been playing around with it on your truck. Uh, can you just give us like the the two minute description of what that is? Okay, so I, a lot of people are familiar with waxing your car. Uh, you can put waxes. There's natural waxes and synthetic waxes, but the general idea is that a wax will only last one month, a couple months, three, four months at most. A ceramic coating is something that has happened just in the last you know, 10, 15 years, um, but it really prevalent in automotive stuff uh, in the last couple of years. And it's a semi-permanent coating that you apply to the paint of your vehicle, and it basically is like a glass coating. Uh, it, it's uh, hydrophobic, so water beads off of it. Uh, it doesn't allow dirt to stick. 
and better yet, it lasts years instead of months. So uh, it's definitely kind of like the next step up for somebody who wants to take care of their vehicle's finish, but it's also a lot more expensive. Wax can, you know, you can wax your vehicle for under $100. A full-size truck to get a ceramic coating is about $3,000, but you can also apply it yourself, which is Mm. what I've been dinking around with for the last uh, you know, a month or so, it's a little bit difficult, not exactly for the uh, the novice or somebody who doesn't have a heated indoor space to park their vehicles for a couple days. But if you can afford to get your vehicle ceramic coated, especially when you've just bought it, uh, you know, just a couple weeks out of the showroom floor or even before you drove it, excuse me, away from the dealership, it's uh, a kind of protection that nothing else offers. And like I said, it'll last years instead of months and will really protect your vehicle against all those fine swirl marks and scratches you may get just from day-to-day driving. It's a huge step up in vehicle paint protection, but it's incredibly difficult to apply and it's really expensive. So if you're thinking about it, it's uh, worth considering, uh, but you should really think long and hard if that's what the route you want to take for your vehicle. So you're not going to put this on a $3,000 truck? No, I no. wouldn't waste that on, on a junker at, in any matter at all. Um, generally, people who apply ceramic coating, uh, it's a brand-new vehicle or something that's not very old. If you do have a couple-year vehicle that you want to get ceramic coated, it'll require that you uh, correct your paint and get all the swirls and all of the scratches out of it first because ceramic coating will lock those imperfections in once you apply it. So generally... Applying ceramic coating to a vehicle that's a little older costs even more. Yeah. No, it's one of those things that, you know, the the more I looked into it and after talking to you, it's almost like you want to do it in, in a paint booth where it's dust-free and you know that you, you know the car's going to be as perfect as it can be and then you're going to do a good job uh, and, you, and you'll have this finish that will last, like you said, you know, maybe not a lifetime, but it's going to last a really long time and it's going to be pretty impervious to uh, uh, atmospheric stuff bird everything from bird droppings to sap and all that kind of stuff tends to wash right off of it so if you if you, yeah, you'll never have to worry about water spots uh you'll never have to worry about your towel scratching your vehicle when you're drying it or if you know god forbid you got to go through an automatic car wash you can breathe a little bit easier knowing that you won't get your car all scratched up in the process yeah no it's uh yeah it's, it's, uh, interesting product again it's uh you know, I'm cheap. You know, I I barely want to buy wax. You know, so for me to, yeah, so so for something. Well, like you the, know, if if you have the time and the attention and the uh, determination to figure out how to do it, there's a ton of YouTube videos out there. Uh, we're using it's Adams Polishes Ceramic Paint Kit. It's only about 150 dollars if you want to tackle it yourself. But I got to warn everybody out there: once you get it on, the only way to get ceramic coating off is to polish it off. So. You got to put it on right the first time, or you're going to have to do it again. Yeah, and and doing and doing something like that more than once sounds like it takes all the fun out of it. So it, it really does. I've uh, I put the ceramic coating on our 2019 twice already because the first time I just uh, it didn't come out like I wanted it to. So I have the time, I have the location, I have an indoor space. I just did it again because I could, and that's what I do for a living is try these products out, but. You know, somebody in their garage or, uh, you know, trying to do this really quick on a weekend probably wouldn't have the best results. Well, 
uh, I'm not doing it this weekend because we're supposed to get a little bit more snow or something, you know, especially. up. <laughs> so I don't see myself doing that. Um, uh, well, you know, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll take a quick run down to Florida this weekend. I'll see you at the Boot Hill Saloon or something. Sounds like a plan. I'll, I'll save a chair for you. All right. There you go. Hey, Zane, thanks for taking time out of your uh, Saturday down in Daytona. One more time, if people want to find out more information about your websites. It's gm-trucks.com, gm-trucks.com. Or if you search for any problem with any sort of a Silverado Sierra, our website's going to come up as the number one search result. And, uh, you know, come in, join, say hi. Uh, we have a whole forum section for people who just joined and let us know who they are. Uh, it's a wonderful community, and I hope to see some of your uh, listeners there. All right. Hey, Zane, thanks, and uh, enjoy enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy Daytona. Enjoy a little bit of Florida sunshine. Thanks so much, John. Have a good one. All yourself. right. Take care. Bye-bye. That was uh, Zane Merver. Zane and Josh uh, have been running their website for 20 years very successfully. Uh, they do a really they do a really good job, and, again, it's a great enthusiast website. It's a great place to find information about uh, all kinds of uh, GM products. And like what I said, one of the best things about it is how people can find out what other people are doing. Everybody, you know, you think you might have a unique idea. You you know, maybe you saw a product and you want to try and you want to you want to go, well, you know, I'm going to try doing this. It's I don't know that it's ever been done before. Chances are you were not the first person to think of it. Chances are someone else thought of it before you. They may have done it. Uh, there is some there is some horrible things on YouTube, but there is some really interesting stuff, too. And on sites like this, where a lot of people comment about things, uh, you can find you can find information that is very helpful, and uh, it's it's good. So uh, it's it's good stuff. So check it out. Uh, and like uh, Zane said, if you Google Silverado, Sierra, you'll show up with uh, you'll show up with his website and uh, the number one number one enthusiast uh, GM truck website out there. So. Thanks to them, and I hope they enjoy. Uh, hope they enjoy the race weekend. Again, when you're in that environment, it feels different. It's a completely different feel because of the fans, the drivers, the driver support, everything that goes on down there. Just seeing the just seeing the uh, the tractor trailers coming into town is uh, is pretty interesting. You know, for this is uh, this is a World Series of. Uh, or at least the playoffs, I guess, is a good way to describe it. But Daytona 500, you know, you know, first the first one happened on the beach, and I believe maybe a Stanley Steamer did really well. <laughs> uh, our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's talk to uh, Mike and Hingham. Michael. Hello, Carl Doctor. How you doing today? Good. How are you? Very good, thank you. Just a quick uh, comment and a question. I had my car ceramic coating okay. last June uh, by Cochran up on Route 18 in Weymouth. Oh yeah, they did a one, wonderful job, and uh, it's it's unbelievable. Was it three, was it three thousand uh, dollars? It was about twelve hundred, about thirteen hundred bucks. Okay, so you, you so so, so you got a bargain. Based on what Zane just said, so yeah. Well, the truck's a lot bigger. Car, yeah, but they, yeah. They, half of the job is the prep, right. from what they tell me. Yep. The prep is a, is a lot of it, and then they they put it on. It's got to sit for you. You lose the car for about three days, right? But the but the finish. I'm looking at it right now outside. After all this crummy weather, it looks like a brand new car out there right now. The rain just beads off of it. 
Uh, it's just uh, I can't recommend highly enough to people who want to keep a car like I plan on for you know for five or six years. Yeah, like Zane, when I was talking to Zane about this uh, last weekend, uh, you know, he said to me, uh, you know, he he wanted to do it himself, and he has um, he has a it's kind of it's kind of interesting where his his office also has a garage so where they create their website besides being a a good office space he actually has his garage where he does some posting of some of the projects they've worked on uh for the website and he says you know i have this i have this nice clean garage and he said even at that he went over the garage worked you know cleaned everything up make sure it was dust free and then his brand new 2019 truck he still went over it and made sure it was really good and because he had never done this before he actually ended up kind of he didn't do the whole truck but he ended up doing a portion of it twice because he sort of screwed it up the first time and he said it 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 does require a special touch to do it and to do it right so uh it it is it is pretty interesting uh pretty interesting product in the way it works yeah, it's it's not actually. If you go online, you look. It's very interesting how the atoms sit there in the paint. It's it's. I I recommend it, but I, I I'm with him. Don't do it yourself unless it's certainly yeah. out of my 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 comfort zone. And, and this is a question for you. I know you're busy today. Is where do we sit in the seat on the hands-free bill? Um, well, it's um, from what I understand, your hands-free cell phone bill. The governor has come out. Uh, behind it now with a whole he actually has a whole traffic safety initiative hands-free cell phone bills um the uh, primary seatbelt bill he would like to see that get enacted uh, uh breathalyzer on first drunk driving offense so uh so if you do get stopped for drunk driving you're not just uh you're not just losing your license right away uh you're age, able to actually put a breathalyzer in your car and go back to work so now all of a sudden you're not a burden to society but again you're not going to drive drunk because you have a breathalyzer in your in your car so he has a whole series of things that he would like to work on uh, uh at AAA it's kind of it's kind of funny we we are absolutely behind a hands-free cell phone bill but we also know that it's it's a little bit of a it's I don't want to say deceitful is the wrong word but we know it's the conversation that is as much of the problem as being as holding the phone in your hand holding the phone in your hand takes one hand off the wheel but it's that in, intense conversation sometimes that uh, we did a bunch of testing and showed people with um, with on with hands free having conversations where they had to actually think about things a little bit and going through stop signs, not seeing things that happened right in front of them. And this was real world. This wasn't done in a, in a laboratory um, with a simulator. This was actually driving down the road in a specially designed Subaru with all kinds of, uh, with all kinds of electronics in it. And people that are on the phone, you know, whether it was, you know, somebody fictitiously calling up saying, Hey, can you pick up milk and bread on the way home? Or, you know, having a more intense conversation, people were just blowing right through stop signs with the point where they kind of realized it. And with the um, with the uh, uh, engineers in the car, there was a lot of, oh, I'm sorry, because they kept either jamming on the brakes because they went through the stop sign or red light and just weren't noticing. So um, so as much as we know, hands free is uh, not risk free. We know it's a little better than holding a phone in your hand. Well, I agree. Well, keep up the good work and have a great weekend. All right. Okay? Thanks, Mike. All right. Bye-bye.
617-770-3030, phone lines are actually open right now. I just want to interject before we go to the next caller. Something yes. like that just happened this week with me and Lib. We were coming up a street in Quincy, and there was a stop sign. We didn't have the stop sign. The person yep. coming out had the stop sign. They were on their phone, um, and they just casually came out. They saw us coming. They yep. casual. They didn't go yep. fast. They didn't try to stop. They just kept going, and um, we ended up sitting next to them at a stoplight after they pulled out, after Lee almost hit yep. them, yep. and they rolled down their window and said, I had time. I had time. They were on their phone. Yeah. Um, obviously, you didn't have time yeah. if we almost hit you. And she's like, you were speeding. And while Libby may have been going, Libby was driving, she may have been going a little fast. She still didn't have time. No. No. So even if she was speeding, she didn't have time. We like, yeah. Yeah. like Libby almost like less than an inch was the yeah. final like, yeah. oh my God, she's really coming out here. Yeah. It was... With, yeah. yeah, hands free. I mean, I understand what you're saying about yeah. the conversation, yeah. but hand, she was because she was talking like yeah. this. She couldn't. Yeah, uh, well, Hold, like, no one could see me on the radio, but like holding her phone up against her shoulder with her head cocked. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. 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 No, it. Uh, uh, it there there is um, about eight percent of the population that can truly multitask. Eight percent. Everybody can multitask a little bit. But when you take away from something, you know, if you're, you know, dribbling a basketball, which you like to do, yes, uh, you're not going to be able to do math exercises at the same time. No, no. I mean I could do simple math, <laughs> um, but but could you? But could you really? Yeah, I could. I could. You think you could? Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, anyways, and when I say Libby was going a little fast, the speed limit was thirty. She was doing like thirty-three. Yeah. No, she was. So, um, but my point is that only the people who truly can multitask are fighter pilots, helicopter pilots, people that really have to do, you know, that's one of the things you truly have to multitask. You have to be able to do more than one thing at a time. Most people, most people have a problem walking and talking and paying attention. So, you know, when you put them in a car and they're on the phone and they have to be able to identify objects, decide what to do about it. And even at even at slow speeds of uh, you know 35, 40, 40 miles an hour, you're still traveling 30, 40 feet a second. So you're going pretty you're going pretty fast, and that's what gets that's what gets the people in trouble. So anyway, 617-770-3030, Let's talk to uh, John and Quincy. John. Hi, John. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good. I spoke with you, John, about, I think, three weeks ago. I got a 2019 Subaru Ascent, and you recommended to me uh, about getting it out in the highway there. And, oh, uh, oh that, yeah, the the, yeah, you weren't getting the gas mileage that you thought you should get. Exactly. Yep. So I took your, took your advice. I got it out in the highway, and I got it 70, 75 miles an hour, and I took a little trip. And the gas mileage is right up there now. Oh, okay. So, so, yep. so the low mileage is really all about just that little short distance trips you're doing around town. But once you get out on the open road, you're getting the mileage you're supposed to get. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and also, I checked it. Uh, you know, with the gas pump there, I set it back yep. to zero. Yep. And 
I went uh, by the amount of gallons that I put yep. in, plus the mileage I drove, and that was exactly the same as what uh, came up on my uh, dashboard. Yeah, well, that well, that that's yeah, that's those are all good things. So, how do you how do you like how do you like the vehicle in general? I I have yet to drive that Subaru. How do you like it? Well, I'll tell you, I like it very much. It's a very comfortable ride, and uh, I had a uh, Dodge Rebel pickup truck there, and I traded that in for this. But uh, this is very comfortable. It's yep. a nice smooth ride, and the uh, four cylinder boxer engine there with the turbo charge. It's got plenty of uh, plenty of power. There you go. Hey, John, thanks yeah. for thanks for checking in with us and letting us know things are okay. Listen, John, one other question. Sure. What what night is that show on there with the uh, the truck? Oh, uh, thurs- the- Thursday night at ten o'clock on the History Channel. Very good, John. Okay, okay thank you so all much. All right, thank take- you so much all right. for your uh, help. All right, take care. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. 770-3030 is our number. Our lines are actually open right now if you want to join us. Uh, I want to talk about uh, two Fords, but how they're different. Or wow, are they different? Either one. Uh, first up, the subcompact Ford EcoSport, or EcoSport, depending on how you say it. The first time I saw this vehicle was in camouflage in Dearborn, Michigan. I was, I was out in Dearborn at a Ford engineering facility and there's and it was kind of and it was an emissions test facility and i walked by this little suv and kind of said what's that and they said to me oh you didn't see that i said well yeah i did what is it and they said oh that's a new little suv that we're going to be coming out with in the next couple of years so uh so there it was and then i saw it later on the road sort of all in camouflage going down the road which you see that as much as the magazines all in camouflage, as in like camouflagey, like uh, uh, zebra stripes. Okay. So like black and white. Uh, envision regular desert storm camouflage, but black and white. Okay. So um, it it is it. So you don't because of the odd angles of the way they stripe it. You kind of look at it and go, uh, I'm not sure what the the shapes look all weird. And a lot of times, what they'll do is they'll cut out. Uh, parts of it where the headlights and taillights are, but those aren't the real headlights and taillights. So you look at it and go, well, they just took a taillight off. They did that on purpose to try to fool you. And sometimes when it's early on in the um, in the testing of the vehicle, they'll put like these styrofoam boxes. Like if it's a, say it's a sedan, not that they make them anymore, but say it's a sedan and they'll, on top of the trunk, they'll build a styrofoam box They'll tape it to the body of the car, and then they'll cover it all with camouflage. So you're like, oh, that must be Ford's new SUV. It's not an SUV at all. It's actually a sedan. So that's how they sort of hide stuff. Um, But anyway, this small SUV is powered by a choice of two engines, a one-liter, smaller than a lot of motorcycles, turbocharged three-cylinder engine, and a two-liter four-cylinder engine. They either make 123 or 160 horsepower. The EcoSport can be ordered in front or all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive, you get the bigger engine, 160 horsepower. On the road, the ride's a bit stiff, and the handling is actually pretty good. The ride's a little stiff because it's a short wheelbase. Performance from the engine, in my opinion, doesn't live up to the sport in its name. The seating is pretty good. Uh, The small cargo area um, expands when the rear seats are folded. I think it's, it's like 12 cubic feet with the seats up. 
but that's kind of if you fill it with ping pong balls. Um, you know, it's not it's not the uh, there's not a ton of room behind the rear seat. Um, uh, fuel economy also. A little disappointing, I thought, for how small a vehicle this is. Uh, compare this to like a Chevy Trax or maybe a Honda HRV, maybe even a Fiat-ish kind of vehicle. Um, it's a small vehicle. I averaged about 26 miles per gallon with it. I would have expected more. EPA said, depending on the engine, 23 to 29 miles per gallon. The other odd thing was the... Um, the rear tailgate, um, rather than hinge from the top like most do, it hinges from the side. Uh, sort of old, uh, well, I think Honda did that for a while. Um, it just seems a little dated um, and awkward if you're trying to load something maybe in a parking garage or someplace where there's something up against the back of it. It just seems a little awkward to me. Um, but... Uh, you know, you see them here and there. They they don't seem like they're selling as well. They look pretty popular in the rental car lots, though. I'm sorry, what is this? Ford EcoSport. Oh, my sister-in-law has one. Yeah, what's she think? She loves it. She absolutely. I'm sorry, I did, I, I was yeah, totally spacing out when you said it. Yep. So smaller than smaller than uh, the Escape. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's for it's an SUV for somebody that had a Focus. Or that's exactly yeah. what she had. She yeah. had a focus yeah. and she went to that. Yeah, so she went to that. And that's kind of what it's kind of a focusy wagon, sort of, and it isn't, but it's short. It's a little cartoonish. Yes. Yeah. Personally, I'm not a fan of it. I find it awkward, just like you. Yeah. Like um when we were going through all that stuff, moving yeah. trying to unload the house down the cape yeah. and stuff, trying to load up the vehicle her vehicle and my SUV. I was easily able to load in my stuff, yep. but there were things that had to be moved around in mm -hmm. hers to get yeah. things done. But yeah, but the do the seats do fold and flip, yes. and you can cram a lot of stuff. Yeah, in Yeah, there is a lot of space yep. for a yep. small vehicle, yep. but it's awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other vehicle is one that is uh, you see an awful lot of, and of course that's the Ford F one fifty. Everyone knows the F one fifty, but this one was the top of the line four door with a sticker price of seventy five thousand dollars. That's right, $75,000, just to, just to be clear on that again. There are six engines available, of course, front or rear-wheel drive. There are more than 40 cab bed trim configurations in the F-150. 40 different variations of it. I lost count. It's more than 40. I, I just looked through, and I'm like, there's at least 40. So there's probably even a little bit more than that. Um there is three basic cab configurations, uh, so sort of the standard cab, the crew cab, and the other one, whatever it's called, the biggest cab. So um, our test had the largest cab that could uh, it could comfortably seat three adults in the back. It actually was it had like limo like rear seat room. Uh, I, that seems to be the big thing now. Um, uh, Ram with their fifteen hundred has a version that is like old fashioned back seat room in the. It's like Huge amounts of backseat. Do they have the same length bed though as a normal no, well, truck? Because I've they, seen them, and the bed is like five half and a, the size, yeah. five and a half feet. Yeah. So the bed gets shorter because no one wants to drive a twenty-eight foot long vehicle. No. Um, I remember you need a special uh, license for that. <laughs> I remember a few years ago I drove a Toyota four-door pickup truck, and it had an eight-foot bed on it. 
So it was, and it was, it was the smaller rear doors, tighter rear seat, but still the thing was enormous. And it was sort of like, you had to go, you, I mean, bad enough with this, you had to go finding parking spaces that were easy to get in and out of. Uh, this thing was even harder to get in and out of. So um, it is a big vehicle, certainly, but it also replaces a big family car because it really will seat five adults comfortably in it and still have extra room in it. So it is, it is pretty good. Um, uh, Easy to get in and out of because of the wide doors. The This F-150 was a four-wheel drive model with power running boards that made for easy entry and exit. So, you know, it's it's up a little bit higher because it's four-wheel drive. Open the door, mm, running boards open, get in, makes all kinds of weird noises. Sounds like a, I don't know. Transformer? Yes. I was going to say Starship door opening. But uh, no, it doesn't well, make it. It's a car. Yeah. Move, yeah. Things I move. Move. Yeah. It's a transformer. You're absolutely right. Um, the ride, the ride's actually like sedan, like smooth. It actually does ride really nice. Uh, picks up the bumps, you know, smooths them right out. Not uh, nice. This, this had the turbocharged V6 engine, um, real strong and powerful. The transmission shifted smoothly, positively. The steering was light. At low speeds, firmed up nicely. It actually is very comfortable to drive at highway speeds. Um, maneuverability, like I said, it's what you expect from a big truck. It's big. Um, you don't, you know, if you're hunting for a parking space, you're not. You're hunting for a parking space with plenty of room around it. Uh, you're not like, oh, there's one right next to the front of the store. No, that isn't the one you take. Um, I suppose after a while, you get a little bit more used to driving it. I was uh, in a parking garage about a week ago, and I saw a, I think it was a Ram 1500, squeezed into a little tiny space, and there was a post for the parking garage. Had to be two inches away from the back of the truck. And I'm like, whoever this is, if they go to get back in that and kind of forget it's there, they'll be at the body shop tomorrow. Um, what's kind of nice is this big truck can actually park itself. It has a self-parking feature. Push a button, it'll actually park itself. And I have mixed feelings about self-parking. Um, generally, it's a little slow. So if you're a good parallel parker, for instance, you can probably parallel park faster than this can. The other thing is it tends to find spots that are fairly easy to park in. And the other thing is I have used, not in this particular, I didn't try it in this particular truck, but I have tried in other self-parking. And you don't always, it's not always perfectly straight. So you get in, it's like a little closer to one side than the other. Uh, I remember a Range Rover that I parallel parked with, and the tire was like right up against the sidewalk, much closer than I would have liked. Um, the, other, the other nice feature about this, it has a... Um, it has a uh, trailer backing feature. So I can't back up a trailer to save my life. Well, maybe if I had to save my life, I could do it. But if you, you put a boat on the back of my truck and ask me to back it up, I can only back up straight. So I have to drive up straight, back up straight. You ask me to turn left, right, all those kind of things. I'm not good at it. Um, and I know all the rules. I know the... Uh, I know the put your hand at the bottom of the steering wheel, and then what what is left is now right, and it makes it easier. I'm just I I don't have a lot of experience with it. I'm not good at it. Um, this actually has a little knob under the on the dash, yes. and you just turn the knob. It's like it's like a remote control. 
and you turn the knob and it backs up and goes forward. It actually does make it a little bit easier. So you can, uh, even novices can be a little bit better at backing up. Fuel economy, should you care about such a thing in a $75,000 truck? About 17 miles per gallon, which truck people say, hey, that ain't bad. 17 miles per gallon still isn't that good. Uh, the Ford F-150 starts at about 28000 and goes up from there again. Um, you know, at 75000 it is the, I don't know how much higher you can get. That was the sticker on this particular one, but uh, pretty good, uh, pretty expensive, more expensive than uh, people of a certain age. I'm talking about me. Uh, probably their first one or two houses didn't cost $75,000. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, maybe we'll talk to you. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. one before so i like it i do i do yeah me too it's good uh 617-770-3030 and we do still have i know dennis hates it well, we got 30 minutes come on started at nine o'clock yeah, come on we have 30 minutes uh we still have tickets to the triple a travel show and we have 26 minutes 26 minutes we still have triple tickets to the triple a travel show which will be taking place march 1st to the 3rd at gillette stadium you know that's where the uh the, uh, there, there was some, you know, some sort of team that plays there, right? Yeah, some team. Yeah, well, see, I'm a little nervous because you remember last year I said the, uh, or a couple of years ago, whenever it was, I said the soon-to-be five-time Super Bowl champion, and they lost. Uh, maybe last year you said soon to be six. Yeah, maybe that's that what, was maybe already that's, five. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Whatever it was, I, I felt personally responsible for the jinx. So this year I didn't say fault. a word. So, uh, but we do have uh, tickets. So if you want to go, if you want to, besides going through and getting some great travel deals and talking to experienced people that that's the problem with them. I mean, I, I like everybody else. I love TripAdvisor and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I also like to see and talk to people that know their product and you can go talk to somebody who, who stayed at the El Cid resort at, uh, Puerto Morales in Mexico or the Ibero Star in Punta Cana or the Shamrock Hilton in uh, Ireland. Is there a Shamrock Hilton? I don't know. Sure there is. <laughs> Before we go to the caller, there is a call that um, kind of ties into your review. Um, a caller named Paul would like to know why you cannot find a short bed GMC or Chevy pickup anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Must uh, must I, I? I don't know. 
I have no idea. <laughs> Great check, answer. Check with Zane Merver. Go on go on gm-trucks and ask the question. Um, I I thought there was a, a two-door, a, a, probably a two-door short bed. That's probably that's probably what they're looking for. Because you can definitely buy a four-door short bed. Um, you he, buy a four-door. You did say a regular Regular GMs, cab. Yeah, so, so regular cab with a short bed, um, which is actually kind of a neat truck if you don't want to do work. So, you know, if you want to carry work, you know, carry eight-foot boards, you're not going to do it with the short bed truck. But if you want kind of a sporty little pickup truck that, you know, especially you put a V8 engine in it, uh, short bed, makes it kind of fun to drive. But um, but seriously, I would I would go on uh, – uh, Zane Merva's, Zane and Josh Merva's website, Merva Brothers, uh, but it's, uh, gm-dot-trucks website and, um, uh, see what's out there. I, I'm, I'll, I'll have to check the GM, uh, website just to, not theirs, but just the GM website in general, just to see, just to see what is, uh, you know, if, if it can even be ordered, it may be available, but maybe it's just not. Maybe it's just maybe dealers don't keep them in stock because it's just not popular. Let's talk to Howie in Cambridge. Howie, is that you? Yes. Good morning, John. How good are you? Good morning. Good. How are you? All right. I found my wheels over torqued after uh, some work was done on the truck by about sixty pounds Jeez. of aluminum wheels. What's there really to worry about that? Um, nothing with the wheels, and nothing with the lug nuts and the studs. It's more of. Um, if they were done unevenly, uh, did it cause a problem with the brake rotors? Oh, it could do. Could crack them or something. Well, not crack them, but warp oh. them. But warp them. So, yeah. so um, that would be that would that would be my that would really be my only concern would be um, if you were driving down the road and you hit the brake at 50 miles an hour and all of a sudden you got a shake in the steering wheel, uh, you could say, well, that's kind of a direct result of, um, of uh, uneven, torque. yeah, uneven torquing. If right. they were over-torqued by 60 foot-pounds and they were over-torqued evenly, I guess, by 60 foot-pounds, um, probably not the worst thing in the world. And again, you know, the, because the torque, the torque is probably what? 70, 80, 90 pounds, something like that is what it's supposed uh, one, to be? 110 in the, in the uh, book. I looked inside. Okay. 110, but yeah. he, these were over 160. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so, so you know, yeah. because, of, because of that, um, you know, it's, uh, again, if, it, if they were all, if, if you had one that was 50 and one that was 160 and one that was 90 and the other one was right. 140, that would yeah. be the problem. Less of a problem if they're all uniform. And it's kind of funny. It's, you know, years ago when brake rotors were made out of solid steel and iron and, and were bigger than they had to be, you could tighten well, stuff up. You know, people, you know, people had air wrenches that were pumping out 400 foot-pounds of torque and whacking lug nuts tight. Nobody ever had a problem. Then all of a sudden, to save weight on cars, they make brake rotors lighter and smaller, and they distort very easily when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to heat. So that's where you yeah, have to, yeah. There's no reason to think this guy would have done it unevenly. It's a tire guy, so I'm sure he, they're all set at the right. Long, yeah, long, uh, yeah, and it, it, yeah, and it's and kind did of the right pattern and all that yeah, stuff. He should, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny because um, normally, normally the tire guys are the most fussy. They're the ones that are usually either they're using torque sticks, which I, which I have kind of a 
mixed feeling. This is a. It looks like an extension with a socket on it, and it's designed. Well, well that's what I use. Yeah, that's yep. what I use. I yep. got the old fashioned one, but it, it was maxed out, and I saw what it maxed. So yep. you know, I know they're over torque. Yeah, that's they, they, they were definitely done evenly. Now, does anyone really check those? They put that after you have tire work, you know, retorque after you yep. know fifty miles or something, and. Does anyone really do that? Do you think not many? I don't think. I I I'm going with you. I bet nobody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, the only time they ever do is when the wheel falls off, and then they go, "Oh, right, geez, I should." Go. Yeah, I should have brought it. I should have brought it back. Yeah, that happened to me once, and they used the wrong lugs on some new wheels I bought. Wow. And, and luckily, I I only drove about 15 miles, but I was going to head up Route Two to go skiing that day at Wachusett, and thank God it happened on the way home from yeah. work, not on Route Two. No, I, I worked I worked with a guy, and uh, this was uh, more than 20 years ago. It was probably close to 30 years ago, and he was an older guy, probably my age now. So so he's not an older guy, but he was an older guy then, I guess. Um, and he uh, he'd been putting he'd been putting wheels on cars for 45 years, and he left one loose, and oh. and the and the and the tire came. I don't know if the tire actually came off, but let's. And he said to me, "I, I, I, I'm just going to quit my job." And I said, yeah. to him, "And I said to him, why?" He said, I, "I've never done anything like that before. I've, I've been doing this for 45 years. I've never done anything like that before. Maybe it's time for me to leave." And I had all I could do to him to get, to get him to stay, because he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, just has yeah, to take some more just, time and a little yeah, precaution. Yeah. That's all. That's that's what I said. And after it happened, I said to him. Uh, you know, here's here's what here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna get torque wrenches and uh, and uh, every wheel we take off, you know, we can take it off the other way. We'll snug it up with an air gun, and then we'll uh, you know make sure we hand tighten them with a torque wrench, and we can feel good about it every time we do it. And and that and that got them to you know that got them to stay. But uh, uh, you know, but but other than that, you know, it does you know it does happen once in a while, I guess. But uh, um, you know, fortunately, fortunately, when it happened to you, you didn't get hurt. And when it was over tightened, I, I think you're. I, if you don't notice anything, I think you're fine. Right. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. I appreciate All right. that. Sure thing, Howie. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is our number. Let's talk to our buddy Rick. Rick, is that you? Yep, that's me. All right. Good thing. I was just checking. Make sure you didn't change. No, I didn't. I've been having problems getting through on that. Um, like, here's a question for you. You know how they have lists and uh, surveys for uh, almost everything on the internet? Yep. Do they have a place where you can find out about used car dealers? Because I got to replace uh, my wife's van. Huh. I don't know if I mean dealer rater rates car dealers. I don't know if they rate used car dealers, but they definitely rate new car dealers. So dealer, dealer, dealer Raider. Yeah, DealerRaider.com. Okay. And, you know, the other one is, you know, the other one's Yelp, which I don't, I'm not a big believer in because you can buy your placement on Yelp. And, yep. uh, and again, you can look at if, you know, everybody under the sun has a Facebook page. Um, and I, it still doesn't hurt to look at their Facebook page because people can comment on Facebook about what they think of the experience was. And, um, yeah. and there's not, you know, look at the comment section and see what it, see what it says. Um, 
Yeah. You know, it's it's my feeling that you know if you are if you are shopping, I mean, you can you can go to a dealer with a horrible reputation and still get a good car, and you can go to a dealer with a great reputation and get a bad car, especially if you're shopping used. So, uh, but it's really yeah, no, I, I understand that. Yeah. But I was just kind of wondering about um, you know uh, you know people's you know the the reputations with their customers and that, and, yeah, and um, and that's in you know because. Uh, you're better off going to a place that's got a pretty good rating from you know people that have dealt with them in the past and say I'll, I'll go back to this guy again. Well, I had one guy like that and they went out of business. Yeah, well, it, it's um, it it's funny. That's one of the things that when we review uh, AAA approved auto repair garages, one of the questions yeah. in the questionnaire that gets asked is, would you recommend this shop to a friend? Because yeah. that's, you know, that's that's one of the key things. You know, whether you got the car done on time, whether it was fixed, um, really the, you know, bottom line is, you know, how how was it? Was it, you know, were you happy enough to say to your next door neighbor, brother, cousin, sister-in-law, whatever the case, hey, go here because that's where I bring my car and they do a good job? Or, um, you know, just because you went there and you had an okay experience, maybe, maybe as you were walking out the door, it still wasn't that great, great of experience. I know when I used to do that job, I would hang out, especially if it was at a car dealership, I would hang out at the cashier's window afterwards. Um, and I just want to see what the reaction was when people went to pick up their car. Were they happy? Uh, was the bill what it was supposed to be? Um, you know, th- that kind of thing, just cause that gives you, that gives you a good feeling. But I would start with, I would start with dealer Raider and see what you come up with, but, but then, you know, do let, let the internet do some work and, and see what's, and see what's out there for, um, for, uh, some of the ratings that some of the customers put up on, on Facebook and Yelp just to see what it's like. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, yeah, I know cause, uh, yeah. Because I, I moved, and uh, my neighbor recommended the mechanic that I'm going to now, and I've been going to him for 25 years or so, yep. and, and I'm still happy with the guy. Yep. No, no, that that makes a that makes a real difference. I, when I was uh, when I was shopping for the Hyundai we bought this year, I went to a Hyundai dealership uh, up on Route Nine, and uh, I, what was what did the guy call me? My man, hey my man, I'll be with you in a minute, my man, and I'm like uh, a. Uh, acknowledge me, say hi, how are you, what can I do to help you? And I, yeah. I'm not your man, just so you know, just so you – and uh, it, it was funny. I got a survey from them because I did – you know, they did have my name, and they got a survey from them, and they said, you know, uh, why didn't you buy something from us? And I'm like, because uh, your guy your guy was just uh, unprofessional. And it was not it was a rainy, miserable night. It wasn't a great night to go car shopping. And I said, but yep. this, you know, I told him what I was looking for right up front. And he just, uh, you know, you know, well, look at this. And I'm like, I don't want to look at that. Well, I want to look at this. This is what I want to look at. You know, I'm, I'm an easy, I'm an easy buyer. It's like, this is what I'm looking for. Do you have it in stock? How much is it going to be? Okay. I'll take one. Uh, you know, it's like, it was sort of like buying a toaster. You know, I wasn't trying yep. to make it difficult and they kind of made it, they made it difficult and, and they weren't close to home either, but it was, I went there because, uh, I was told that that you know I had I had a little certificate to say that said to go there and it just wasn't a good experience. So that's that's how I would look. Yep. Okay. okay so dealerrader.com. Dealerrader.com. Okay. Thanks, John. Okay. Sure thing.
And if you want tickets to the AAA Travel Marketplace, it's going to take place May 1st, May, March 1st to the 3rd, where I think I'm going to be broadcasting live. Well, it's sort of like right before the show opens, but I like being there then. And 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 it's, it's kind of fun, too, because... I don't know how much fun it is. Um, I usually go, I get there around 7.30 to set up. And last time, apparently I parked in Bill Belichick's parking spot. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) There was no gate. Oops. It did say reserved for, you know. Mr. Belichick, but it was it was a Saturday. It was it Oops. was it was in March, and and I have my car parked, and I'm out at the door waiting for security to come and let me in. And they they came running over, and they're like, "Is that your car over there?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why?" They're like, "You can't park there." And I'm like, "There was no sign." They're like, "Didn't you see the one that said reserved for Coach Belichick?" I said, "But he isn't here." <laughs> I said, "I think he's down at Key West fishing." He's on his boat fishing. Doesn't matter. He probably has a camera on that spot. Probably, probably, seven probably, saying, probably, hey, probably, probably does. Hey. <laughs> probably does. So, um, but any, but anyway. So I apparently parked in his spot. Um, <laughs> the uh, the so um, so I did move my car. Um, but uh, when I, this year I've been told I can't get in before eight o'clock. So, and except unless I go in the loading dock entrance, which is also where the visiting teams come in, I guess. So you walk through like the weird locker room and down behind and up and over and sure, I've yeah. never been in the bowels. Yeah, of- yeah, it, it, it is. It is weird, um, but it is uh, it is interestingly entertaining. It's like when I was at the uh, Bayside Expo Center uh, last month when you were away. Um, yep. When you were in sunny Florida, out on a boat ride, yes, it was um, beautiful. Um, <laughs> I miss the, it. The um, I I asked to get in, and they it was sort of like, oh, you got to go through. But at least I could get in. It was it was a little easier. I tried to get. I tried to do the same thing. I tried to get in the uh, the sort of employee entrance, and they were like, no, 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 you got to go up. I'm like, oh, whatever. But uh, but at least I was able to get in. Can we rewind to last week a little bit in those worst car lists that you had? There was a car that I feel was missing from that list. Which was? The Geo Metro. The three-cylinder. The three-cylinder Geo Metro? That looked like a pregnant roller skate. Um, the the Geo Metro was car. the Geo Metro was also a Suzuki. I think it was a Suzuki something. Yeah, it still was a terrible but, car. But, but the <laughs> Suzuki version was actually a four-cylinder. So the, the, the Chevy version, you got the worst choice of engines. And the best thing about the Geo Metro was they turned them into electric cars over in uh, Wilmington. The Solectria Corporation would buy them, oh. pull the engines out of them, and I don't know what they did with the engines. They well, I know they gave a lot of them away to schools and stuff, but gave them but, to people yeah. who made lawnmowers, maybe uh, something. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were they were uh, they were they were like the the three cylinder engine that's in the Echo Sport. It's like 123 horsepower. The three-cylinder engine that was in the um, the Metro, I think, was like 68 horsepower. I was going to say three horsepower. Yeah, no, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't much. Thing didn't go fast it, at all. It wasn't. It, it wasn't no giddy much. up and go at all. It wasn't much. But like I said, if you want tickets to if you want tickets to the AAA Travel Marketplace uh, taking place March 1st to the 3rd, uh, just give Dennis a call. 
can call him at home if you want. No. <laughs> at 617-770-3030 and say, hey, Dennis, can I get a family four-pack of tickets to AAA Travel Marketplace? And he'll say, sure, and we'll give you some tickets. So just that easy. I don't know if I have an unlimited supply, but I hope so. Oops. I hope so. I hope I do. Don't they have to make some money off the gate? I don't know. Not my job. I'm just giving them away. Um, if you own a Honda Ridgeline pickup truck, don't wash it. It's kind of what it says. Uh, Honda's uh, Ridgeline pickup trucks is subject to a new recall to rectify a faulty fuel pump or fuel pump relay that could crack when exposed to certain car wash detergents. So the recall approved by NHTSA this week covers 106,000 affected ridge lines from 2017 to 2019. Honda discovered that acids found in common car care products such as car wash soaps. I don't like to know my car wash is getting wa- my car is getting washed with acids. It has to dissolve dessert to dirt uh, somehow. I know, but so how about regular soap? How about ivory soap? <laughs> I uh, probably wouldn't wash off the salt. <laughs> but anyway, so I guess the salt, uh, yeah, I guess it has to be an acid of some sort, an alkali, one of those to neutralize one or the other. But anyway, apparently it has a problem with the fuel pump and uh, or fuel pump relays or something, but it has an adverse reaction, and the exposure could lead to the fuel pump could crack and break. And, and if it breaks, fuel leaks could happen, which could lead to a, as it says here, from NHTSA, a high risk of fire, which is never a good thing. Honda's instructed dealers to inspect fuel pumps for cracks and other signs of wear. If no signs of damage are present, dealers will install a cover kit to protect the fuel um, pump from future damage. If a technician discovers damage to the fuel pump, the part will be replaced, then fitted with the special protective umbrella that goes over the fuel pump. The Honda said it expects a small number of effective ridge lines will need new fuel pumps and that most owners will only need to have the cover installed. All the work will be done free of charge. You will get a notification sometime by the end of March. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Ford Motor Company said on Wednesday that it will recall 1.3 million full-size trucks, like the one I was driving, I guess, only older, uh, to fix a software issue. I hate the idea that cars are f- cars break because of software. And they get fixed because of software. I like the I like the better idea that the fuel pump breaks because it gets wet. And but the idea that software broke in a in a vehicle that could be eight years old. So how does software work good for eight years? Now all of a sudden it doesn't. There's something in the coding. But what? Wait, what's it winding it down? Could. All right. Anyway, it says the software issue could cause the automatic transmission to abruptly downshift. So you're doing 60, and all of a sudden, and it shifts into first. Uh, the uh, the recall affects 2011 to 2013 Ford F-150s uh, built with the six-speed automatic transmission. Trucks may unexpectedly downshift to first gear. I'm not going to try the sound effect again because I'm not good at it, uh, which could result in loss of control or crash. The automaker said it's aware of five crashes caused by this issue, one which resulted in whiplash. That's a pretty significant downshift. Uh, at fault is a power control module that needs to be updated to ensure communication with the transmission output sensor. Ford said the trucks affected by this recall were built between April 28, 2010 and October 28, 2013 at his Dearborn, Michigan plant and between May 18, 2010 and November 18, 2013 at its Claycomo, 
Clay Como, Missouri plant. Where is Clay Como? Isn't it, See, isn't that in Missouri? Obviously, Kokomo, as in the no, song, it, because that's it, Kokomo isn't really an island. It is a city somewhere, like in, in uh, like Michigan it, or something. In this article, is C L A Y C O M O. Okay, so wherever that is, uh, where about a quarter of a million were uh, were made, I guess, and also some trucks sold in Canada. So for our Canadian listener, listener, could you imagine driving down the highway doing like? I don't know, 60 to 80 70. miles an hour, and that thing just Magically have the... a downshift? Yeah, that'd be exciting. <laughs> that'd be fun. Um, also in the Ford recall news, uh, Ford Mustang, Lincoln Nautilus, brand new. Lincoln Continental, fairly new. Lincoln Navigator, almost new. Little tiny recall. Uh, Ford said Wednesday will recall about 31,000 other vehicles. So, you know, they, they will, you know, 31,000 vehicles is sort of like what falls off the assembly line. You know, they, they're making, you know, I guess I, I heard something today. There's like one vehicle made each second. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't know who figured out that math. But I don't know why about, we need so many car uh, yeah. vehicles out there because. Because like, <sighs> like, you need a new Toyota. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, about 27,000 Lincoln Continental sedans will be recalled over door latches, which may not engage correctly due to silicone contamination buildup. Really? Ford said the issue affects all four doors and dealers will replace the latches for free. Um, I like the idea that uh, that uh, the Lincoln Continental, the hundred or however they're going to make with suicide doors, that's the way the car should have been made right from the very beginning. That would have been that would have been fantastic. That would have been the way the car should have been made. The third recall affects Navigator, uh, Mustang, and Nautilus. Uh, they were built with a digital speedometer that may not turn on when vehicles are started. Free fix. It's only a handful. Um, so if you have one of those, well, you'll get something else. And that's about it. That's about it. We got Bobby Brooks standing right there. He's got his cool hat on. He's got, his, he's got his shamrock shirt on. Shamrock shirt. Yep. Ready to go. You know, I'm listening to the show coming in. We talked about this during one of your commercials. And so just to prove that I do listen to the show. Now, I lived in North Carolina for two years. Greensboro, North Carolina. Yep. And and NASCAR is a cult down there. It is. Now, to to me, it's like take a left, take a left, take a left, 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 take a left. You know, I just don't get it. Well... You got to make your own fun down there. That's all there is I, I to suppose. it. I so, suppose. And yeah. um, and the other thing, you resonate. And I'm going to tell you, I was telling you guys off. Yeah, someone's going to drive me off the road someday. This whole thing with not cleaning off the hoods of your cars on the highway. I mean, we saw two things this this week in the news where you know a young child almost yeah. got hurt. Oh, yeah. Just clean off oh, the she hoods. She got hurt. She got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Clean yeah. off the hoods. Yeah. Six. What's happened? My microphone's running away from me. Yeah. John. Yeah. But it's it yeah it really isn't it doesn't take that much more effort to clean off your car and you know yeah if you like the storm we had uh, last month where it turned into solid ice mm. yeah get out there while it's sloppy and clean it all off and it'll be so much easier that, you know when when you say well I waited I waited too long so now yeah well then you got to go out there and let the car run forever till the snow and ice melts off of it so you can get it off because I don't want to be behind you when that ice. I'm using a TV term, right. ice missile. That's right. And if you yeah. lived in New England any period of time, yeah. this is what happened. This is it's what happens. Yeah, this is not a surprise. It snows in the wintertime. That's right. And uh, mosquitoes come out in the summertime. It's part of living in New England. All right, that's my rant for the day. All right, okay, good. I'm hey, good. 
Bobby Brooks filling in for Professor Paul Sullivan, who is what? On school vacation week. On school vacation yeah. week, little R&R. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. So uh, the very best in Irish music coming up right here. You hear it every weekend, starting right after this. And coming up next, Bobby Brooks and the very best in Irish music. Heard each weekend right here the Irish Hit Parade. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.